Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Welcome back to the Growth Island Podcast. Today we're going to talk about something fairly important and something that's close to my heart because of family issues. So it's about the heart and what can we do. For that, I got someone in who is, you can kind of say, a master of learning new things. He has an undergrad degree in psychology from the University of Michigan. He has a master's degree in business. He has another master's degree in theology, which I always find extremely interesting to learn more about. And he also has a master's degree in clinical psychology. So yes, there were three master's degrees. I had to confirm that before getting on the podcast. And then there's an MBA as well and a doctorate in educational. You would think this guy is like 60 or 70 years old, but uh, he looks very young, not just his name, but uh, I got Mark Young on, who then have decided to go much more into the heart and what can you actually do about that? He is an entrepreneur, educator, author, philanthropist, loves to travel. He's extremely fun to talk to. I had the, the longest pre-talk before any show for this podcast, so I can't wait to get started. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Maz. It's been a pleasure to talking to you all this longest preliminary call ever, but it's wonderful. Thank you. So, Mark, you have a wide background and there's a thousand things that I would love to talk to you about in life and both like theology, psychology and so on. But today is more focused on the heart. Um, you are the CEO of something called Sona Health. Tell me a bit more about like why is the heart so, impo- so important? We know that so many people are dying of heart disease, one of the biggest killers in the US and the Western world. But we also know that is it like, I heard numbers between 60 and 80% are avoidable if you actually do something about it. Well, so here's what I'll say to that, Boss, that is thank you for the introduction. So I do work with Zona House. I'm the CEO of the company. And my my personal passion, as we had discussed prior to the show, my personal passion is really about people with natural health and, and living life healthy. And I truthfully believe that the body is such an amazing, complex organism that we've probably only just begun to figure out, to be honest with you. But I say, above all things, the body was designed to live. And when we experience things like cardiovascular disease or people who are living with hypertension, you know, here in the U.S., we actually have a phrase we call the blood pressure, the silent killer. And I say, it's not silent. I mean, I suffered with high blood pressure myself. And it's like, it's anything but silent. You know, you have a problem. The problem is, it's a problem that's typically asymptomatic for a lot of people. They have a problem. And then one day it just explodes like there, there's a problem that happens it's the heart attack it's the it's those types of things that take place but it's only silent because we're ignoring it and i think it, it speaks very loudly if you're paying attention to that type of stuff so having a background and a personal passion in the biohack space and using the body's own feedback to find solutions i think the body will heal itself for most things if given the right conditions if given the right health, if given the right diet, if given the right amount of exercise, like these things are all within everybody's reach. And at Zona Health, I found this perfect combination of those things for me. And it's like, so yes, I love the business side and I love the research side and stuff like that. But I love that we actually manufacture a, a handheld device. Like somebody in their nineties can use this. And it's not trying to get your 90 year old grandpa on a treadmill. It's literally a handheld device that, that hacks your body 
by doing what we call isometric exercise. And I'll explain isometrics here in a second, but doing isometric exercise in less than 12 minutes a day, you can actually increase your overall heart health and actually develop a more athletic heart sitting on the couch. And I know that sounds crazy and people hear it and they're like, there's no way this is another one of these gimmicks. You know, if I get called snake oil one more time, I'm going to go crazy, but it literally is that good. And what it does is it's isometric exercise. And I'll put it in a way that people most, most commonly understand that is everybody understands what a sit up is, right? Like you lay on the ground, you contract your abdominal muscles until your body's straight up. And then you go back down to the floor. Those are, that's two different types of movement. That's what's called concentric and eccentric exercise. Concentric is when I go up on the sit-up and I contract the muscle. Then there's eccentric exercise, which is when I expand the muscle, when I stretch it. So I stretch it back down to the ground. Isometric is the equivalent of a plank. So sit-ups are concentric and centric. I go up, I go down. I go up and I go down. I use the muscle at varying lengths and various degrees of pressure and apply it on the up and I apply it on the down. With isometric, it's like that plank. So like you Pilates plank as well. The Pilates, right. Same type of theory. So I'm doing that plank. I'm holding it. Anybody who's ever done a plank, I'm sure most of your listeners have done a plank before. And they can all relate when I say that the first 20 seconds of the plank doesn't feel like that big of a deal. But about 30 seconds in, you feel like your body's about to collapse. And a two-minute plank sounds easy, but a two-minute plank would probably destroy somebody out there. The reality is that we're using that isometric theory. And, you know, if you're interested, I can walk you through some more of the science behind how isometric and Zona works together. But Zona is providing a hand grip isometric exercise that gives somebody the same type of cardio workout as doing an isometric gym workout. And how does um, that work? It, so like, I saw the device and if you Google it, you'll be like, what is that, right? How can that- Right, it looks like Star plan? Trek phaser and <laughs> yeah. But it's fascinating because it comes from some science that you looked into like, what can you actually do about it? So how can it be that you just hold this device and you squeeze that, that that gives similar effects than doing a plant or a plank? Sure. So our, our history as a company, we actually are a byproduct of an accidental discovery from the US Air Force which is kind of interesting because what happened was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Um, Ronald Wiley was doing research for the U.S. military. But what they were trying to do, as most scientific discoveries, they were studying something else and happened to find something. They were studying what's called G-force blackout, which is when an airplane, like a fighter uh, jet, goes so fast that the pilot actually blacks out for a period of time because of the centrifugal force of the plane. During that study, they were testing pilot after pilot after pilot. And of course, they were trying to, you know, they measured all of their health measurements and everything before they went in. And Dr. Wiley had actually, at the end of the study, was like, okay, so we're figuring out the G-force blackout problem and so on. But one of the things that he consistently noticed was that all of the pilots ended up with lower blood pressure. And he's like, well, how do they end up with lower blood pressure? What's the connection? And he was able to research after his commission with the U.S. Air Force was completed. He was able to actually go back <clears throat> and do research on that same data and discovered that what was happening was the fact that when the person, when the pilot went into that type of uh, speed, they gripped the joystick and the plane tighter. 
So it was literally the hand grip that caused an isometric response in the body. And the isometric response led to a reduction in blood pressure and an increased cardiovascular health. So crazy enough, right? That's just this bizarre discovery. So then Dr. Wiley ended up spending a significant portion of his career dialing into exact time measurements and exact pressures. And it's not just squeeze ball. We get that all the time. Oh, I can just use a squeeze ball. Nope. It's not about a squeeze ball. It's so about an exact... Question. Can you right? just some, That would be my next question. Can you just take something and then squeeze really hard for a while? Correct. And the answer is no, because it's not about squeezing it as hard as you can. It's kind of like if you were doing a, a squat, you wouldn't do a squat all the way down and then hold it. That's not necessarily isometric because the muscle is expanded to its to its greatest stretch. It would be like doing a squat, but only going down about 20 to 40%. Because now your hold, that's harder to hold. So using Zona, we've actually, over years and years of research, figured out the exact amount of time and the exact amount of pressure to get a person to the right rhythm. They've got to get into that right sweet spot to get the maximum result. Now, scientifically, because you asked, I have to tell you this. So the, the way the Zona is used is it is a two-minute contraction on the right hand, two-minute contraction on the left hand, and then repeat. Now, the device itself will tell you exactly where to hold it. So if you squeeze too much, it'll tell you too much. If you squeeze too little, it'll tell you you're squeezing too little. And it guides you into that same sweet spot because we get lazy. If I told you hold something at the same grip strength for two minutes, you will relax that hand after a while when it gets uncomfortable. It's natural. But this actually coaches you. Nope, you're squeezing too little. You're squeezing too little. Beep and do all that stuff to make you stay in that sweet spot. And in two minutes, two minutes, no big deal. And people are like, oh, that's easy. No big deal. Okay, well, you start. But it calibrates to each individual's unique strength. So every time you use it, it calibrates because sometimes you're stronger than you were yesterday. You know, you had a good night's sleep or maybe you did it in the evening versus the morning. It changes things. So scientifically, what I'll say is during that squeeze, something actually happens in their mouth. And the, the biggest thing that happens is it triggers nitric oxide production. And what happens when your body is doing any type of isometric exercise, it's an unnatural thing for the body to do to hold itself still for that period of time. So what happens is it triggers this parasympathetic response. Because if I'm holding my hand in a static position for any length of time, the brain starts to think, uh-oh, something's happening. My arm is, my arm hurts. I need to do something because it's almost as if you're holding that grip and it's almost like you've created a false tourniquet. So I'm holding that tourniquet, but what I've done with that, I've almost constricted blood flow, which sounds the opposite of what I'm trying to do. But by constricting the blood flow, the brain's physiological response there is to find a way to increase blood flow. You know, if my arm were trapped under, you know, a, a log somewhere and I couldn't move it, My brain would be like, okay, we need to do something to rescue the arm. It's in danger. The body's response is that what it does is it actually increases nitric oxide production because nitric oxide is a vasodilator. So the brain's way of getting more blood to the arm is increased nitric oxide production. And by doing so, vasodilation widens the blood vessels. The blood vessels widen. And as the blood vessels widen, blood flow increases You've let go of the zona already. 
So you've held it for that exact amount of time that it takes for the brain to trigger this type of response. You've increased vasodilation, and now all of a sudden the blood flows more freely. And that happens systemically because you can't release nitric oxide to just your arm, right? So it happens systemically and pressure gets reduced. That's been the science that we've, that we've worked from. Now I can take you a step deeper in that and tell you one of the things that's really happening to make the nitric oxide release, and this may be interesting to some people, is I'll, I'll get a little nerdy here and tell you what happens is in order to release the nitric oxide, what happens is the constriction actually forces sodium out of the cell. So that type of constriction, that type of stress on the cellular level forces sodium out of each cell. Well, anybody who knows cellular metabolism knows that every cell in the human body must maintain an equal amount of sodium to potassium, right? So my sodium and potassium have to be balanced in a cell. And if my sodium gets re released from the cell, what does that do? Well, it leaves me excess potassium. The only way to balance those two things is either to eat sodium, which you're not going to do that fast. So it releases potassium. But the potassium release actually softens the endothelium. And the endothelium is the lining of the blood vessel that actually acts as a gauge. And over time, imagine the endothelium is like a soft sponge. What happens is that sponge gets hard over time as we age. That's why older people tend to have higher blood pressure than younger people. The endothelium starts to harden. It's like a, it's like a sponge that's, loose, that's lost its, uh, its elasticity. The only thing that makes the endothelium softer is potassium. So what happens is, especially in people that have a potassium uh, deficient diet, they tend to have higher blood pressure. And it's not because their heart has a problem. It's because the endothelium is actually the regulator in the body that lets the body know it has high blood pressure. So when your endothelium has started to atrophy, it's not that you, quote, have high blood pressure and your body doesn't know how to deal with it. It's literally that your body doesn't know it has high blood pressure. So because your body doesn't know, because the endothelium is that receptor that tells it, your body doesn't know that it should fix it. So we end up on these antihypertensives and we end up on the blood pressure pills and all this other kind of stuff trying to lower blood pressure. But in reality, your body knows how to fix it. You just need to make sure that your body knows that it's a problem. So what we're doing by doing this isometric, we release the potassium. The potassium puts the regulator back to normal. And then all of a sudden, the endothelium is like, brain, we have high blood pressure. Nobody told us about this until now, right? Like, we've got to fix this. The brain releases nitric oxide. Nitric oxide increases vasodilation. Pressure goes down. Almost sounds too easy, right? Yeah, so the question yet, would be like... yeah. Where are so the, I think the two questions that will come up also for most of the listeners would be like, have we been able to prove this scientifically? And the other thing is, if this is working so well, why haven't we heard more about it? So I'll say a couple of things to that. And that is, there's a lot of things that work really well that you've never heard anything about. Yes. And so that's not a surprise. And I don't control big pharma. So I definitely don't have the voice that, that other companies may have when they want you to take a pill or whatnot. So there's, of course, that aspect of why haven't you heard more about it. To your other question about scientifically, so here's what I'll say to that. And that is, we have decades worth of research that backs what we're talking um, We have all of it. We have, like I said, decades worth of it to the extent that we've actually gone and we're currently 
in the process of an FDA uh, endorsement so that the FDA will approve the device with the claim that we actually can lower blood pressure. Right now, we don't talk about higher blood pressure. You can go to our website and you'll see we don't talk about blood pressure reduction. We talk about cardiovascular health. The reason why we talk about it in those terms is that until the FDA says, yes, you're approved to say those things, we can't say those things. So in the context of conversation with you, I can gladly sit and chat about the research we've done, all the stuff that we've seen before and so on, but I'm not making a claim. So the reality is, is until we can actually get the FDA to say, yes, you can go say these things, there's only so much we can say. Mm. Um, as you know from the biohack, this is a, a big industry, and I'm thrilled to see that it's continuing to grow. As you mentioned before, I was a guest on Dave Asprey's podcast two years ago. You know, we've been at the Bulletproof conferences. I've been at, at biohack conferences all over the country. I've spoken at many of them, and it's such a, what I would call a simple fix, like Zona, reducing something that literally it is estimated that one-third of all Americans, as well as Canadians, I don't have details outside of that North American population, suffer from hypertension. And the crazy thing is, is the American Heart Association within, I want to say it was the last year and a half, they reduced their standards for what counts as hypertension now. I don't know if you realize that. Like when I grew up, it was 120 over 80. That was the perfect blood pressure. Mm -hmm. But now the American Heart Association, I want to say it was November of 2019, came out and said, well, no, 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 120 over 80 actually is now pre-hypertensive. The correct blood pressure is 110 over 72. It's like, okay, so what have you done? Well, you've literally taken millions of people with a 120 over 80 blood pressure who thought that they were in perfect health for all these years, and now you've called them pre-hypertensive. So now we've taken this huge group of people and literally by definition have changed their health status. Mm. So just changing the meaning of the word has now all of a sudden put all these people in this high-risk category. So the numbers just increased exponentially when they made that redefining statement. So, yeah, it, it's a big problem. It's a big problem in a country, particularly America, I would say, with some pretty unhealthy eating habits, some sedentary behavior in a lot of ways. Sometimes that's from people who are just, you know, they can't. They physically can't go do exercise the way that maybe you or I can. They physically can't do those things. But again, Zona's providing an opportunity for them to do that from their couch. Like you literally can get the benefit of a cardiovascular workout from your couch. So what would you recommend for some, like, again, who is, who is this mostly for? Someone like myself, should I go for a run for 20 minutes or should I sit with the Zona Health in regards to protecting my heart? What do you think would be? Sure. So I'll give you two answers on that, actually, Moss. And the, the first answer I'll give you is, Running is actually an aerobic exercise. An aerobic exercise provides an entirely different type of exercise than anaerobic. And Zona is an anaerobic exercise. So you mentioned Pilates as an example. Pilates is anaerobic. So an aerobic exercise is an entirely different workout. So if you say, should I use the Zona or should I go running? My answer is going to be yes, both. Because they're two different things. It's kind of like, should I lift weights or do yoga? Yes, you should do both because they're totally different types of workouts. So it's not an and or situation from a run 
or a treatment zona. And the other thing you asked me was, who's the ideal person to use it? <clears throat> and your compliment earlier about you think I was much older than I am. I'm actually in my 40s. I just turned 46. And I will tell you, a couple of years ago, I did have a runner's blood pressure. I was 110 over 72 my entire adult life. Suddenly, my blood pressure spiked. I'm a very active individual. I live in South Florida. I run, I work out, I eat healthy, I biohack all the craziness and whatnot. My blood pressure went crazy. My blood pressure out of nowhere went from like 149 over 90. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is brand new information. I've never had this problem. What do I do? And then I'm having to ask myself the question. I'm like, okay, I'm the CEO of a company that deals with a biohack for blood pressure. And the rubber hit the road for me, boss. I'm like, okay, so the natural response to my blood pressure is so high, I'm in a cardiovascular danger, what do I do is, well, I call my doctor, I go have it diagnosed, I get a pill, like that, that's your mind's response, because that's how we're conditioned. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, you're a hypocrite if you do that. Like, literally, you're just a hypocrite. You're lying to people if you don't go take the solution that you're telling people they should use. And I walked in the back to our manufacturing area in the office and I'm like, I need to use a device. Like, I need a new device. Check one out for me. I went and got a device and I started using it every day. I left it on my desk so that I didn't forget it. And I started using it every day. And it took me the normal amount of time. Usually most people see results in about six to eight weeks of using it. I was no exception. It took me about six to eight weeks and my blood pressure went down. And I'm like, this really works. And I know it sounds stupid because I knew the research. I knew the science. I've heard people talk about it. I've listened to people talking about how it saved their lives. But when it happens to you, it's just a different experience, right? And I'm like, wow, this really works. Like it, it really works. Like that it kind of blew my mind. As much as I know it, it's still when it was me, it was just a different experience. So who's the ideal person to use the device was the original question. And the answer is, anybody to be honest with you because that would be like saying who's the ideal person to do planks or who's the ideal person to you know to to lift 25 pounds anybody honestly people who we find are the most attracted to the device tends to be an older crowd a 50 plus or 60 plus year old adult who maybe doesn't have the the busiest lifestyle so uh, it's not the person who's at the gym every morning because typically those people don't necessarily have blood pressure problems. But again, I did in my 40s. So it happens. It, it happens to, to unlikely individuals. And specifically, as we just said, a third of the entire population deals with some level of hypertension. So who's the ideal person? Well, any of them. Hmm. You know, and anybody who isn't dealing with the problem, the only thing you're doing is you're using this type of device to prevent ever having the problem because you keep your system. Like, why wait till you have the problem to solve it? Like, if this is an issue, go fix it. Hmm. Like, if you're, even if you don't have high blood pressure, well, you probably shouldn't be eating a high sodium diet. You know, don't wait to cut salt out of your diet until you have high blood pressure. <laughs> like, prevention. That goes to my next question. So what are some other things that people can do to support their heart? Like the top most important things that often like common knowledge is not common sense uh, so or a, common a, sense is not common practice. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the one thing, again, you and I were talking before, it's like we need to create a lifestyle of healthy 
And unfortunately, I'll say that our healthcare system has actually become a sick care system. We don't take care of people's health. We take care of their sickness. And unfortunately, I would say a lot of people don't pay attention to their health until it turns into sickness. So what are some of the common sense, albeit not common practice things? Well, obviously, I can tell you, exercise, get up, have movement. I mean, nothing's going to restrict circulation more than just sitting around all day. Something as simple as walking, if you can't run, is, is a great exercise. Taking a yoga class, taking a Pilates class. And on top of that, I would say eating right. There, there is no amount of exercise that will fix your body better than a good diet. And people need to learn what's right for them. Because I think the biggest thing with people's diets that frustrates them is that everybody has a different opinion of what's best for your body. Seems like and, and the reality is what's right for your body mass is different than what's right for mine. Now, the answer is never donuts. But at the same time, like my body performs very, very well for me when I'm on a high protein, low carb diet. And yet I know people who that makes them sick. They can't do without carbs. I eat that way normally. Like if I'm out at a restaurant, I'll get a steak with some asparagus. Like that's great. Like, but my body does not react well to sugar. My body does not react well to carbohydrates. So I restrict the amount. Other people, I'll give you my grandmother was a person that to her dying day, she would eat carbohydrates like they were the only thing on the planet. And she lived her entire life on bread and potatoes, you know, and her body did well. She was always lean. She never was gaining weight from it. And I'm like, man, if I had that problem. <laughs> so understanding your diet for your body, you know, and it's not don't Google what's the best diet because now you're going to find a bunch of weight loss scams. Do that. And the third thing I would tell you is that one of the things that we do neglect as a group of people as humans nowadays is, especially based on what we need from a nutrition standpoint, we understand now that there is way too much um, dependence on, on food. There's a lot of things like potassium, as an example, is something you just can't eat enough of. You, you cannot eat enough potassium and potassium is actually restricted as to how much you can actually take in, a, in order to do that. So eating right is great, but we also need to understand what we need to supplement. We actually work with a line of products called Vitalia Life. And Vitalia makes some awesome supplements. You'll see this product here is actually called Nitrate Boost. And we actually sell it on the Zona website. And we actually sell that. We've got a magnesium product that's sold on there. Because they're products, they're, they're supplements. I take it every day. And it's like, what does it do? Well, it's a supplement that increases nitric oxide production. It's the same thing that Zona is trying to do, but it gives a quick cardiovascular. But we do need to find out what is it that we're not getting in our diet? What is it that we're able to supplement through, through different types of supplements? Again, through the bulletproof world, you know that you know supplements and, and dietary additives are huge. But yeah, those things are easy to do. And yet, usually we find out that people are just not disciplined enough to stay on top of it. Yeah. What are some things that you're doing, Mark, to stay on top of your game? Like any specific habits or so on that you find is like the key to where you are today? Sure. So, and again, I'll go back to all of the three things that I just said. And I'll say that personally, I stay very physically active. I, I belong to a hit gym. So I'm, you know, crazy guy at the gym every day. 
which again, not everybody's into that personally. You I go daily? to a, or you do uh, like two to three times a week or how often I go daily. Okay. Um, I plan it. I plan to go every day. That way, if there's circumstances that stop me from going, I don't feel guilty if I miss one. I plan to go on a daily basis, but here's one of the things I would tell people who may struggle with the idea of going to a gym. And that is for most people, the idea of going to gym is hardest because they've not created a community. Hmm. They go there, they feel lost. They feel like they're not sure what they should be doing. So most people will hop on a treadmill. They'll run for a few minutes on a treadmill. They'll go, you know, try to bench press something a time or two. And it's not a community-based thing. And I'll say for years, one of the best things I've done for my own health was finding a gym. I've been going to this gym. It's right around the corner from my house. And I've been there about a year now. But even the gym I went to for years prior to that, which was closer to my office, was I found a gym, first of all, that fit into my lifestyle. You know, it was close to home. It was close to work. It wasn't a chore to go there. And the second thing is I found I'm a big fan of group fitness. Um, and group fitness during COVID just took a nosedive because people couldn't get together. And I think it hurt a lot of people in their health because to me, when I go work out at the gym, it's a group fitness experience. So we do some crazy workouts, but you're doing it with a partner or you're doing it with a group of people that all know each other. So for me going to the gym after work or before work or whatever, it's social. Yeah. So it's seeing my friends. It's seeing the people that are there. It's not about just going there and being miserable for an hour. So the best thing you can do from a fitness standpoint is find something you enjoy with people you enjoy doing it with because you're never going to work out if you hate it. I love that. Um, like I normally say like the, like when people ask like, what's the best form of exercise? Well, we know that hit is really good. We know that the, um, what's it called? That the 3X bar something, but like the best exercise, the exercise that you do. And if you can have fun at the same time, like, If you can't, you don't want to lift weights, go dance if that makes you happy. Is it yep. better for you also to lift weights? Yes, but the most important thing is that you do stuff and then you get that social aspect. Way too many people hit themselves in the head, forcing themselves to do stuff instead of actually getting the benefit of the social aspect or the joy in as well, which is also important for our health. Absolutely. I've got a friend that I work out with all the time and it's like, you know, we'll leave the gym just beat up, right, from, from a crazy workout. And, you know, if there's the, one of the main trainers at the gym who always make the comment about, you know, you need to earn that brunch today, blah, 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 on like a Sunday morning. And it's like, and I'll always leave it. I'm like, you know, I heard somebody say one time, working out should not be a punishment for what I did. It should be a celebration of for what I can do. And every time I leave the gym feeling beat up, the, I, I always say that to myself, like, I'm so blessed to be able to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm able to do the things that I just did, even though they felt miserable. I was able to do them because there's a lot of people who couldn't. And I never want to lose that fascination. So to finish your question, what are the things that I do? I Obviously, I focus on what I'm eating. And I'm sloppy about it sometimes and undisciplined. I travel a lot. So sometimes staying on any kind of you know health binge is tough from airports or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I pay attention to that stuff. And literally within a couple of days, even if I fall off the wagon and I, you know, have too much birthday cake, you know, I can fall off the wagon and be within a couple of days, my body will re and I'm reset back to normal because I know what my body needs. And lastly, to the points that I made before, you can see here on my desk, like I have supplements all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> like my, my, My desk looks like a pharmacy um, and it's, it's not prescriptions, it's supplements. And one of the things that we have to do, 
not all supplements are made for all people. You need to find the ones that work best for your chemistry because everyone's different. So yes, I invest a lot of money in taking supplements. And again, it's most people are trying to take supplements to counteract what they're not doing with their physicality or what they're not doing with their diet. And supplements are not supposed to fix your problems. Supplements are supplements. Mm. They are the things to fill the gaps after you've done all of the right things. But don't eat cake every day and think you're going to take vitamin C and it's going to make you healthy and have a solid immune system. Like, no, you, you need to be exercising. You need to be doing the right diet. And then you can take your vitamin C to supplement your immunity. And I think, unfortunately, and I know we probably agree on this, Moss, but there's too much dependence on the pill um, and not as much on that personal accountability. And I'll, I'll loop that back to Zona and I'll say, is it easier to take a pill than it is to do 12 minutes of hand grip exercise every day? Yes, absolutely. 100% of the time. Is it healthier? Absolutely not. Hmm. Is it, does Zona have side effects like you get from pharmacology? None. Like, so it's really about what you want to invest. And, and the biggest thing I would tell people, is like, you get one, one shot at this. You know, your health is far too important to take a gamble on, and far too important to, you know, be, be stuffing synthetic things through your mouth all the time. It's like, take care of yourself. I mean, you get one life to live. And the truth of the matter is it's not even about how long you live so much as it's about the quality of the life you have between, you know, those dates. And, and that's, yeah. And so it's like, for, so for, when I see things like Zona, when I see things like a lot of the other biohack devices and stuff out there, I'm like, why wouldn't I try this? It just makes my life better. You know, I'm not trying to just tag additional years on. I want the days that I'm currently living in to feel better. Speaking about living the best life, like you've, one thing is that you are working with health, but you also lived a pretty interesting life. You've been very successful with both education and career and so on. What's the life advice you would give from where you are now to yourself 15, 20 years ago? Like, what would you tell yourself? Oh, yourself? I would give myself all of the advice that I'm giving right now, because I, I will say that I wasn't always that person. And, and I think it probably took me into my thirties to actually really realize uh, what was going on. And, and I'll say there's a, a certain element of, you know, people teach what they need to know. Um, and, and I will say that spending a career in higher education, I was a college professor for years and, loved it, thus the, you know, education degrees and stuff like that. But it's like, I love education. I love teaching. I love working with people. But more than that, I will say that from teaching, it wasn't because there was a particular subject. And as you know, my, my background is diverse enough that I've taught a lot of different subjects. It wasn't the facts. It wasn't the any things that I was teaching that was most exciting. It was getting a student to an aha moment. It was the moment that that student was like, I get it. It's not about how to research properly and how to, you know, punctuate your sentences and how to do your accounting homework. It's the aha moment when suddenly something opens up and your perspective changes. And the advice that I would give to anybody is specifically as it relates to their health, as it relates to anything else that they're trying to deal with is get to that aha. Like when you can get to the point that you realize that my health is not my insurance company's responsibility. My health is not genetically engineered in a way that I can't fix it. 
it's not the government's problem whether or not I have sufficient health care. The only person that pays the price if your health care is bad is you. Like you're literally the only person paying that bill because at the end of it, if somebody fails to take care of your health, you're the dead. And when for me personally, like I was never an athletic young person. I was not that person. People think like all of a sudden, like, oh, well, if you're like that in this age, you must have always been that way. Not at all. Like I was, you know, I was never that person. And in my 30s, I started working at a college where I was traveling a lot. And I remember stopping and going, okay, I'm not going to be the person who gets fat and out of shape and unhealthy because I'm on the road all the time. And I took up running. And the only reason I took up running Moss was because it was something I could do while I was traveling that didn't require me to find a gym or find a whatever. And I, it turns out I just felt great. I'm like, why haven't I done this all along? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, why haven't I been doing this for the last 15 years? And it really changed the way I looked at things. It was like, wait, all of this stuff is my problem. Like, this isn't about trying to be on a diet. This is about being healthy. And people associate, you know, BMI with their health. And the reality is it's nothing to do with it. I mean, there's some correspondence in there, but it's about feeling good. It's about, it's not necessarily about being the skinniest you can be. It's, it's, it's health. It, it's being healthy and making sure that you're setting yourself up again. I'll say not for the longest days, but for the best quality ones that you get. Quality over quantity. I fully agree. Totally. Time is I mean, running. I like both. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, same here. And I think the whole longevity field is extremely interesting. And like, I believe Fascinating. we have so many like good years. If we take care of ourselves now, then whether we live to 120, 130, 150, let's see. I don't think that's in any way uh, impossible. But uh, we need to take care of the body till we get the right technology. We had one of our board members, I was talking to him recently, and he had, he made a comment because his mindset is very much the same as mine. He's like, here's the deal. I don't need to live to 120. I don't need to live to 150. I'm going to live as long as I live. But one day, I just want to drop dead. <laughs> he goes, I want to live the same life I'm living now, right up until the day I die. He's like, that's why I take care of myself. That's yeah. why I'm always dealing with my health and so on. He goes, because I just want to die someday. Everybody's going to die. He's like, I just don't see a reason to torture myself through that process because of decisions I've made when I'm younger. I fully agree. Mark, yep. where can people find out more about you? I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes as well. Oh, I love it. So go visit us at Zona.com. That's the easiest place to find out more about the device, learn more about us, and you can find links on there for additional information if you need. Uh, but please go visit us there. We'll actually be at the Biohack Conference with Dave Asprey in September. We're going to be at the Biohack Congress down in Miami later in the year. But Zona.com, easy URL to remember, just Z-O-N-A.com. Because they've listened to your show, Moss, we actually are offering, if you could also make that part of the... Uh, Part of the notes you put on there, we've actually put in MAS100, that's M-A-D-S-100, and that's $100 off your Zona device. Um, so it's a $100 coupon for anybody who's interested in, in uh, checking it out. We do have a 90-day money-back guarantee, and the reason for that is because we understand it doesn't work exactly the way everybody wants it to. Statistically, 90% of people notice the result, but for that 10%, 
We actually offer a 90 day money back guarantee. So if they want to try it six to eight weeks, you should start seeing results as long as you're using it. That's the biggest thing is you have to actually use it. Yeah. And it's like, if people are using it correctly, the, all they have to do is, you know, let us know if anything changed. And if it didn't, they send it back. So there's no risk. And you're saving a hundred bucks anyways. Sounds great. I think that they can test it and send it back is always super valuable. And that's, you can only do that if you have a product that actually works. Uh, that's exactly right. Like if, if you're not satisfied with it, send it back. If, you're, if you are satisfied with it, you just gained something out of it. So what's the problem? But yes, I agree. Mark, I will make sure to put all the stuff in the show notes. I will link also to the Instagram profiles and other stuff that we have so so people can find uh, you and the company. Um, thank you so much, Moss. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.